1: The Old Testament counterpart is the book of Proverbs and Proverbs over and over and over again talks about our, our mouth, our, our tongue like this. It says in Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking,
0: but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. These are indeed crazy days as we
1: continue to navigate a pandemic, and we 're watching these number of cases. I never thought I would be preaching to so many people wearing masks and and that we would be at a stage where we we couldn't freely just gather and worship but if if you're not with us in this room because you're at home worshiping, know uh, that we're glad we're able to provide this opportunity for you, and we look forward to seeing you again in person soon. I, say, I want to say a special thanks to the dads that are attending or watching today. There's, very, there's something very special about having a father that you can relate to growing up, and that is even made more special when it's a godly father. I've had that blessing in my life, so I recognize how precious that is. I also understand that there are some that haven't experienced that. In fact, I want you to know that as I gathered with some of our men and godly fathers right before this time of worship, we spent time praying for those of you and maybe some of your children who've grown up without a father, that influence in your life to love you and to demonstrate the love of the heavenly father. It's our prayer that you see his love. In this place today, Uh, this is an unusual Father's Day for me because after uh, 51 years of having that godly influence in my life, uh, my dad's uh, enjoying his first Father's Day in heaven. Uh, So as I I preach God's Word today, I feel kind of honored uh, to use the Bible that he was giving in 1962 at his ordination at Central Baptist Church in Darlington, South Carolina. And that's where we're going to be in just a few minutes as we continue the series, The New Norm, from the book of James. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love classic movie lines, like this one. Maybe you know what it's from. Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. What's that from? Wizard Wizard of Oz, that's right. How about this one? Go ahead, make my day. Know where that's from? Well, it's Sudden Impact. It's Dirty Harry. It's Clint Eastwood. Yes, it is. Yeah, How about this one? I I think you'll get it. May the force be with you. That's Star Wars. That's right. Or uh, You Talking to Me? Anybody know that one? It's Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro. Okay. And one of my favorites from a movie. I guess I'm sick, but uh, a movie I really like. And maybe I can relate to it, just as a preacher in a Baptist church for so many years. How about this one? I see dead people. (laughs) You know that movie? The Sixth Sense, yeah. Uh, How about this one? You had me at hello. That's Jerry Maguire. You could do a little better. Or another one of my favorites. I'll be back. That's Arnold in The Terminator. But today I want to focus on this one. Truth? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) That's a few good men. Yeah. How about it? Can you handle the truth? That's the question on the table today. James, the half-brother of Jesus, has been teaching us. He's been teaching us how to handle life's testing times, the trials of life. He's been teaching us how to handle life's tempting times, the temptations of life. And today, he teaches us how to handle the truth. Something that God's word says is essential in the life of every Christ follower. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Paul said to young Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word God. Of truth, can you handle the truth? James teaches us that the key to enduring life's casting times, the key to escaping life's tempting times is learning to embrace the truth of the Word of God. In fact, that's how our passage ended last week, if you remember, James 118, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. He brought us forth by the word of truth. Scripture teaches us that Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word, the perfect word of God. If you're a Christ follower, the Bible calls you the first fruits of his creation. You have not only been made in the first Adam, In the image of God, you have been remade in the second Adam, Jesus Christ, in the image of God. You are his first fruit. You are his prized creation and you came forth out of the word of truth. So the passage that's going to follow this is dealing with how we handle the word of truth. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray again and ask God just to guide this time so that we might do what I've just said, that we might take seriously and handle the word of truth wisely during these moments together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we've come into your presence, singing glory to you, the King of Kings. You are good and you have done good. You woke us up this morning, put bread on our table, gave us transportation and a place to meet. And now we've opened the word of truth. And we stand ready as hearers to receive what you want us to receive today. So Lord, give us what we do not have. Teach us what we've not yet learned. Make us into those men and women, boys and girls that we've not yet become. So that the word of God implanted in us might bring forth fruit. And as we leave, we will not have been just hearers of the word, but doers as well. Lord, I pray in order for that to be accomplished, that the words I say and my thoughts would be pleasing to you. It's you who are my strength and my redeemer. I thank you today for the opportunity to serve you and your people. Use this time for your glory Enlarge your kingdom. Expand the influence of your church. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me quickly review where we've been. James started by telling us that life's testing times, the trials of life, are a certainty. He said, brothers, count it all joy when you fall into life's various testing times. And we said there are some things you need to know when you face the testing times. You first need to know you have to rejoice. Doesn't mean you're happy, but you rejoice. You're praising God that he's given you the opportunity. Joy comes from the inside in spite of your circumstances. But because of your circumstances, you also have to request. You request, you ask God to help you make sense of that which you don't understand. James chapter 1 verse 5, he tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask God. He'll give it to you generously. So you request to God. You go to him in prayer. And then you relax. You trust him. You don't go forward in doubt. You go forward in faith. And you say, God, I've placed this now into your hands. I trust that you're going to do what only you can do. And that's what gives you that ability to rejoice in life's testing times. But we don't just have testing times, do we? We have tempting times. And so James says, hey, don't be confused. Don't be deceived. Don't say when you're tempted it's coming from God. Because God may test you in order to bring out your best. But Satan tempts you. To bring out your worst. God may test you to develop you. But Satan's going to tempt you. To destroy you. So what do you do in those tempting times? First we said you've got to learn to resist. You have to walk away. You flee those youthful lusts. Paul told Timothy you run from temptation. And then you remember that God is a good God. Everything he gives you is good. So he gives you the ability to find goodness. Even in the times that you feel like you cannot escape. He provides a way, a good way of escape. And then we learn to rely. You rely on the word of God. That's what we're gonna dig deeper into today as James expands on that word of truth. And then we said none of this can happen if you're not first renewed. You've got to be born again. There has to be that moment where you're born of the word of truth. And so before we jump into today's passage of scripture, let me just ask you that question. As you evaluate your life, If things were to end today, and as crazy as our world is, we should all be wondering, am I ready? If things were to end today, do you know for certain, do you know with confidence that you had spent eternity in the presence of the Almighty God? The Bible says that these things are written so that you can know. You don't need to walk in fear or doubt or uncertainty. In other words, if you believe Scripture, you should live with the confidence that you know how forever is going to look. If you know that, Take a moment and just praise God. Say, thank you, Jesus. If you don't know that, yeah, give him praise. Would you do that? If you don't know that, my prayer is that before you walk away from this time together, God would have awakened in you that desire to know him. He would have drawn you into his presence. He would have exposed those areas in your life where you need him. So James continues. Look at verse 19. He gives us the key to responding to the trials and the temptations. He says it's found in the word of God. So know this, he says, my beloved brethren, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Just look at those words again, quick to speak or quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I think there's few verses in the Bible that could be more relevant for the time in which we live today. As a Christ follower, if you're one of those who praised the Lord, who thanked Jesus that you know him, wow. Man, apply this verse.
0: Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. If you've just joined us, You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
1: What is James doing? Well, James is giving us a plan that everyone can understand. And this speaks to our habits. How do you live your life? The great philosopher Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. What are you repeatedly doing that's changing your life? What are the habits that you've developed that's influencing you on a daily basis? There are some of those, whatever they are in your life. What are those habits? Are you following God's plan? Let's just lay it out a little bit. He says, first, be a careful listener. Now remember, this is in the context of God's word. He's saying, make sure you're listening to the word of God, not just hearing. Yeah, I've got five children, and there are moments in our parent-child relationship where I might say, are you listening to me? And they say yes, and I have to respond. It it doesn't seem like it. It seems like maybe you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Or, Or maybe you would say you're listening, but you're not hearing me. You're not being careful in the way that you're listening. God's word says that's so important. In fact, our very faith comes through that kind of careful listening. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we'll never begin that relationship with God if we don't stop and hear that voice of God in our life. I want you just to think about this and let's illustrate it in the context of what's on the nightly news. Our country, again, is in a deep discussion about race. There are a lot of things that this discussion brings to the table. That full discussion is not our purpose for gathering here today. But let me just suggest something to you. This would be a, a good time to sit down with someone with a background different than yours. Maybe someone from a different race. And have a discussion. Talk to one another. Listen to one another. Hear one another. I would go as far today to suggest if as I made that a suggestion to you, if there wasn't somebody that came to your mind that you thought of, maybe I should do that with this person. If you didn't think of that person different from you that you can go to, then maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe you need to expand your horizon a little bit so that you know some of those folks. Folks. I wonder if, if we just listened to each other a little more carefully, if things would change all around us. Be a careful listener, he said. It's part of the plan. But then he says, be a cautious speaker. And this is where we get into trouble. You see, there's, there are subtle things I can do to make you think I'm listening, so that can be kind of confusing it 's hard for another person to say for sure you 're not hearing me, but our tongue man, it exposes us often doesn 't it? So the Old Testament counterpart to the book of James, this very practical book in the New Testament, the Old Testament counterpart is the book of proverbs and Proverbs over and over and over again talks about our, our mouth, our, our tongue like this. It says in Proverbs ten nineteen, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Hey, I've done this before, but let me do a little exercise. And you can do this wherever you are. You can do this on your couch at home, but take your, your fingers like this. Everybody do this. I've got all day. Okay, do this. All right. Now do this side profile now do this you know, you, know, you know what that is that's restraining your lips restraining your lips but here's the problem some of us need to restrain more than our lips so let's a new exercise this is a new one today and, and working out makes us stronger so this is a new exercise so everybody do this do this now, I'm not giving you the Fonzie thumbs up. Here's what I want you to do. Now do this. <laughs> this is restraining your thumbs because some of you, here's what you do. You spend your life on one of these devices and you go on social media and your thumbs expose you. And when your thumbs expose you, transgression is often not lacking. And it really gets you in trouble. And and so I just remind you, Proverbs 17 and verse 27, it says, Whoever restrains his word has knowledge. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. You want other people to think you're smart? You want to look wise to the people in your little corner world? then watch what you say, watch what you type, watch what you share. Some of you just stir the pot over and over and over again and in our deeply divided and contentious world where there's so many issues that need to be discussed and need the influence of godly people who hold to the word of truth, we blur the lines when we mess this up. Well, Proverbs goes on to say in the one I read just this morning, Proverbs 21 Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue, and we would add our thumbs and our hands, keeps himself out of trouble. Are you staying out of trouble? You've heard it before, but that's why God gives us two ears and, and one mouth. Well, we should listen twice as much, at least, as we talk. Are you listening to those who think about things a little differently than you so that when you speak, you're making an actual contribution rather than just adding to the noise? Wow. Be a careful listener is part of the plan. Be a cautious speaker. That's part of the plan. But then be a controlled responder. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Wow. A lot of anger in our world today, isn't there? The word that James uses in the Greek for anger here is the word orge. And that's significant, not because you need to know Greek. doesn't matter. It's significant because of the difference. In the Greek language, there's a different way to describe an outburst of temper. Like when you've lost it because somebody cut you off and you just got mad suddenly. Or when somebody raised their voice at you and you find yourself being heated up quickly. No, no, no. That's not what he's referring to here when he talks about this kind of anger. He's talking about a deep-seated resentment. A bitterness. That begins to eat you up from the inside. He says, be very careful about letting anger consume you and again i i think this is so practical because we're living in a day where there is anger 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 all around and it's like that it's just raising our blood pressure in fact one of our members was just having some blood pressure challenges and he had not had those before so he, he went to the doctor in the last couple of weeks and you know what the doctor asked him after checking everything else are you watching the news he said yeah every every night She said, stop it, at least for a week, and come see me. Do you know, he went to see her after a week, not watching the news. His blood pressure was down. Some of you just need to step away. Some of you need to take a social media fast. Some of you may need to disconnect your cable. Do whatever it takes to not get controlled by this anger. I love this quote. It says, anger is an acid that can do more harm in the vessel in which it is stored than in anything in which it is poured. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he, with a hasty temper, exalts folly. Somebody put that this way. Temper is a great thing. It's a shame to lose it. Psalms 103 verse 8 says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love. If we're to be Godlike, if we're to reflect Christ, then scripture is teaching us we better be slow in how we get angry because that's the way God treats us. That's why Paul would say to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26, be angry but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't let it get to that place where it just resides and, and, and sits and stores up. So, some of you, some of you just need to pause. And it's okay if you just zone out on me for a second because you've gotten so angry. Everybody around you can tell it. It's, it's coming out in everything you say and everything you touch. It's hurting you, it's hurting the people around you, and you just need to, if you're a Christ follower, you just need to take a moment right now, right where you are, and just say, oh God, forgive me. Take away this resentment, this bitterness, this deep-seated anger in my heart. There are things, yes, that should cause righteous indignation in our lives. We should look at some of the things we see in society, and it should make us angry. But it should never lead us to sin in our relationships with others. I love what Bono said about this. We must be careful in our efforts to confront the mos- monster, not to ourselves become the monster. Some of you are looking a lot like a monster, and we need to confess that before the Lord. It's a pretty
0: simple plan, isn't it?